0: Today is Friday, October 8th, and this is Blessing a Day, coming to you with just a little part of my journey. Um, This week I have definitely struggled with gender dysphoria in a way that I just didn't think would be possible right now. I've been on hormones since January, and I just feel as though I understand why it is important to be around community but why there's a need to also separate yourself from community. And what I mean by that first part is being around community. So for me, community means to have the opportunity to share what you feel, what you think, what you're going through, right? And have those like-minded individuals share their own experiences or give their input to things that they know could be beneficial or helpful to your growth in your journey. Uh, and so sometimes you find that, others don't. Um, I, for one, have challenged myself on just learning better hair care for black women of trans experience, in addition you know, before surgeries, right? So like before facial surgery, right? FFS. Um, you know, their ideas of like how to pull the, like the forehead, right? The hairline and the implants and things of that nature. So it's like our texture of hair is so different compared to what I see often getting these surgeries to where I just really get concerned with how, the experience is going to be for me. Um, so for months I've gone without, you know, like pressing my hair or doing anything, added chemicals or adding any extra stress to my hair. I haven't braided my hair or anything. Actually I had locks and my hair was natural and I cut all my hair out after the death of my sister who was, um, who unfortunately lost her battle to cancer and, uh, had unfortunately, uh, been diagnosed with COVID prior to her passing last August or August of 2020. Uh, and so for me, since I've tried to re engage myself and understand what community means as a woman of trans experience, And what I mean by that is I often battle with what we have as, um, as visuals, right? Those who represent, um, and you know, as not to call any of one in particular out. So I will try to refrain from naming anyone, which I don't really know a lot of their names, but just a lot of these girls. Uh, are transitioning, but they're transitioning, you know, by their own measure or their own standards. Um, and what I mean by that is I know girls who've had work done before starting hormones, uh, hormone treatment uh, uh, and to not have such therapy. Uh, I think, you know, I can see like in the stretching of some of their skins and things of that nature. But this really isn't about those who've already done things to their bodies in order to uh, help. But I think for me, my point in mentioning community in this piece, simply because As you deal with gender dysphoria, and and this is where the part comes in when we're talking about dealing with uh, being alone. I've never questioned my looks or my ability to pass as me, you know, like. I'm not saying past as a woman or past, you know, like I just, I've always been androgynous or feminine in my own means or just by my own ways, but I had never felt so bad to look so different. Um, and what I mean by that is since my transition in January of this year, 2021, I felt like I've always been th- myself. I've always been this person only thing has been different is the hormones and maybe just the the weave or wigs because i don't i've always had natural hair like long hair like past my shoulders middle of my back long hair which were was all mine uh again because of my sister's passing untimely passing i uh shaved my hair off uh and it's growing back pretty steadily. Um, as the older I get, it is not growing as fast <laughs> as I'm used to, uh, which is fine uh, because it takes its time, right, to get back to its natural state in this case. Uh, but I, I really struggle with being out around other girls. Now, often we, we talk about or we hear discussed Gender dysphoria because you don't want to be around, right? Uh, community uh, who is, as we call, you. and oftentimes we'll say, you know, like, you know, we'll pull your tee, you know, like these some of these guys, women, cisgendered folks, you know, if they know you or don't know you or happen to assume, you know, they will question and look into your face. And all up and down till they could figure out that, you know, you were born different, even though you have transitioned to the best of your ability or how far you care to go. And I I really hate the term passable because I don't really feel there's empowerment in passable uh, and who sets the, the determination on the the measure like who who measures this idea of being passable right because we live in a society where women are not cisgender women don't all look the same and some come with more and some come with less and to assume that cisgender women are going around assuming you know like if they're passable or not is not really where my struggle is my struggle is more on looking at this very community that I've looked up to and loved and understood for so long, but have always hidden myself because I never felt open enough to be on those front lines of my identity. More so fighting for rights and justice rights. All those things comes more easily for me growing up in the black church and speaking, public speaking, all those things come easily. But when it comes to standing in front of my sisters, uh, my sisters of trans experience, the dysphoria is a little different there. And I think this is where we don't have that conversation too often. We talk about cisgender girls measuring themselves or their beauty to each other and to the standards of men. But we don't often talk about how women of trans experience also deal with the same level of uh, insecurity, um, no matter of age, uh, it never really goes away. I don't think completely until you get there on your own. That's that's a personal uh, uh, accomplishment or goal, which I would imagine some have reached. Uh, but I struggle with not wanting to harm myself. And what I mean by that. Is the physical harm in going out to some random, you know, person or basement, you know, certificate doctor or wannabe or someone who had contacts and, and folks who know about the connections of the industry and, 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 and the hookup with, with medical equipment and the hookup with cosmetic uh, implants. I, I don't want to, to sound like I'm, I, I want to, I'm not defending anything and I'm not looking to hurt anyone. I just simply struggle with how we as a community are expected to live our best lives or understand what we are in our identity. And, and, and also in this battle of, of acceptance in a world that's already deemed us uh, unacceptable or, uh, less as than, less than others rather. I really struggle because I, I've never been one who was into the street life. I never was someone who was into the, uh, the nightlife. Uh, I never, uh, I, I always battle with my identity and coming out And being who I knew I was always at the very tender age of four or five, simply because I knew the world around me, right? I'm an 80s baby. I grew up in in the 80s. And so growing up in the 80s and 90s is much different than it is today. It was much different than it is today. So I don't always feel comfortable with waiting so long. I feel like I've waited so long. Whereas I see so many younger ones today with that courage and even my sister had the courage to start very young um, and, and and unapologetic about it. I just have s- struggled with trying to get on this path of, of my own womanhood, my own sisterhood with those who I look to for that guidance and just not feeling like I'm there Physically, I just feel like emotionally, I'm just not there. And as strong as I have appeared, and I am at times, I just, I'm really battling with the fears and the hurt of my body. And I see that it takes so much out of you to um, not go a different route and getting questionable injections and seeing someone who may not be certified or have gone through the years of experience just to get that immediate luck I get it now And I'm so sorry. I'm just so sorry for so many young women who've had to hurt themselves in order to fit in to their skin. I'm not going to say it's about being accepted by society more than I will say it's a personal feeling. I know that feeling. And I struggle every day to not go to someone who has a friend who can give me all that in a bag of chips in a matter of a couple of sessions or Overnight, I've seen and heard so many tragic stories of girls who have done so much harm to themselves. And as much as I I say I, I, I don't want to be one of them or I, I, I'm never going to be, it's so hard being in a world where you have a healthcare system. Who doesn't understand your time clock. And I understand that there's a need to wait. But this wait for me and my transition. Has tested my faith in God. It has questioned my faith in man doctors and those who are part of the healthcare system and those who should be aware of the sensitivity of our community to wanting to, to make sure we get the services we need at a timely fashion. I, I will admit that I am a survivor of suicide Um, Something I don't discuss, I've never discussed until now. This podcast episode that I am sharing that I struggled with suicide, which had became an addiction for me and bulimia at a very early age. I was bulimic at eight, nine because I knew I was different. I knew I didn't want to look a certain way. I suffered greatly in silence, but more importantly, in front of my family who never noticed. Or who had noticed and just didn't feel they knew the right words or what to say or felt it was something that I would get out of or snap out of or just you know, as part of life, you know, circle of life, you'll get through it. You know, this is, and this too shall pass, right. As we're taught in our community. And so I I'm here now um, on my 10th month and I struggle with how my body looks. I struggle with How my face looks. I struggle with just going out in public. I struggle. I've struggled for so long. And I'm grateful that I have doctors and a care team, a support team who who loves the work that they do to give me the best that they have to offer. But the majority of my care providers are also cisgender, straight-identified individuals who don't go home or don't have to worry about the thought of have all my trans patients been seen or have their dates set for surgery or prepared to deal with this. For instance, and I'll be as candid, frank and open. I live in on the East Coast and I have chosen... A doctor for top surgery. And that doctor is at University of Pennsylvania. Uh, plastics. My initial appointment was amazing. Which there's a YouTube video um, that I'll post uh, on that visit. And I just. I love the appointment. So much so that I couldn't wait to schedule my visit. Due to schedule dates, operation dates, and the holidays, that pushed a lot of my opportunities to have my surgery done, moved. Earlier, I had mentioned to you that my sister had died of cancer and complications due to covid When the doctor's administrator reached out to me about my surgery that I was so excited to have done this year right away. Seemed like barrier after barrier was in the way. The first barrier was. There's no open appointments. Then it was everything that's available now. The doctor can't see you on those days because those days are all on holidays and there are no scheduled surgeries on holidays. And then finally was uh do you think we can move your appointments further down for surgery? Because we have patients who have are survivors of cancer who need surgery too. And I just lost it. I lost it. I broke down. Thinking of my sister, I broke down thinking of those women who wanted to have their bodies back. And then I thought on how I felt blessed, selfish, but also overlooked all at the same damn time for wanting to give up dates to help, but still suffering in my own. Pain and dysphoria, I just, I look at the things that my family instilled in me when it comes to just faith and finding joy, unspeakable joy in places you least expect. Since I, which would be another conversation we will have, uh, three years ago in West Philadelphia, I was found dead in my apartment. The person who had attacked me had also, which is something I'll share for the first time, for many people, had also raped me, brutally raped me and left me to die after trying to shove me out of my second floor window. I was attacked because of being trans, being someone that this person felt didn't deserve to live or be on the streets. I share that story because that experience is has been something that has uh, tr- contributed to my PTSD. Into my dysphoria. So, the point in this episode is to just share with you that it is important as a community to be seen, to be heard, to be validated. But it's also important as an individual in this community. To log off sometimes, shut it off, power dial and not use others as that aesthetic example as to what you should look like or need to look like or must look like to be accepted. I've been in situations where people have never known. I mean, cisgender men and women. But I don't use that as an excuse to not tell anyone what they should know. I just use it to protect myself. My authenticity, my truth is really not about anyone. It was really just about me. Uh, I share with you what I choose to share when I choose to share it. But the point of this episode and this journey is for those of you who have transitioned to your happiness be that happy for others. Give that joy back. Share it because you know what it was like to not have it. And to not be there for others. Reach out to the, to the ones who are the most silent. The ones who don't have the most followers. And they compliment you or visit your page just for inspiration Give them, see them, just see us. Not everyone is seeking validation from others. We just seek it from those who understand who we are. And I'm not saying that's for everyone because some people have transitioned for fame and money. But that's a different topic for a different day. And they have not fully transitioned for that reason. But that's not the point either. To each his own. I'm just simply saying. It's important to give back. And more importantly for those of us who are watching. It's okay to turn it off. I literally logged off turned off my television, logged off all of the social media accounts. I just, as beautiful as some of these men and women are, I just can't see anyone else look like where I want to be. And it's not to say that it's it's never going to happen. It's just that right now, because I feel the way that I feel and that it hasn't happened, It just, it smothers me into deeper depression when I find myself struggling to be accepted by the very community that I've once had to help put together and fight for. And I just feel like without that support from this community, from my community. It just feels like sometimes it was just all in vain. No, I'm not waiting for Superman. No, I'm not waiting for for Superwoman. (laughs) But I, I am waiting for a day where we can all just be our true authentic selves. No matter what that looks like, it must start with understanding that authenticity is a delicacy. I'll leave it there for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of A Journey to My Blessing. I am your hostess, I am your narrator, your storyteller your survivor, your sister, your friend, your homie, for sure. I am blessing a day. Thank you for listening. Tune in to the next episode of a journey to my blessing. Have a great day. Have a great evening. I'll leave you with these words. Ho Renge kyo. As a Buddhist, I make sure to say this every day, even if it's just in the beginning of my day, in the middle of my day, at night, every chance, every moment. Namyoho Renge kyo. Be that light. Open my Buddha, my inner Buddha. Let me be that strength for me. Peace and love.